And if you go in negative, you're going to see the response. If you go in positive, you're going to see the response. If you go in with a ton of joy and happiness, you're going to see the response. This is your Badass Journey podcast. I am Karine Walsh, serial entrepreneur, growth strategist, executive leadership coach, and best-selling author. Each week, I will bring you a guest or a thought that will help you align what you love with what you do in order to build that badass life and business you dream of. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of your Badass Journey podcast. I am so excited to share my guest with you today. Johnny Alsasser is a great friend as well as coaching client and someone who loves to dialogue about the art of masculinity on his podcast. And I had to have him on the show because when we are dealing with who we are, how we identify our stance in life, and to go after what it is we truly want, I felt like sharing Johnny's story and dialoguing with him would benefit you as my cherished listener uh, in order to help you discover about yourself what needs to be maybe re-identified next and how you move into the next phase of life or lean more into a thriving life as well as step into that leadership stance that you truly want to embody every day. Johnny is a podcaster that loves to dialogue in this space and really help men identify what masculinity means to them. His experience as a special operations U.S. Army Ranger with four combat tours and uh, protecting a U.S. ambassador to Iraq for five years really challenged him coming back from those tours And I'm figuring out the identity he wanted to stand with now moving forward to create deep relationships, be an awesome husband, as well as have the groups of men around him feel vulnerable and safe and expressing who they really truly want to be and not necessarily latching onto identity that no longer serves them. So I think you're really going to enjoy today's conversation. And as always, would love to hear from you as you walk away with the little nuggets you'll get from our conversation today. You can follow Johnny at Johnny L. Sasser. That's J-O-H-N-N-Y-E-L-S-A-S-S-E-R on Insta. And that is also his .com if you want to connect with him. Of course, I'll have that in the show notes. But we really appreciate you listening. And let's jump into today's conversation. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of your Badass Journey podcast. And I am so excited to bring Johnny Alsasser to today's conversation. Welcome, Johnny. Uh, thank you, Corrine. I love being <laughs> on here. And I'm grateful you asked me to come on. Of course, man. You know, uh, every time we have interaction with each other, we get to have these awesome conversations. I felt like my listeners need to be a part of it because what your mission is uh, in raising the bar on conversation around masculinity, but also how you show up in the world, I know is going to impact our listeners. So I would love for you first to start with how you decided and came to the point that you wanted to 
to raise this awareness or even give men uh, the comfort of talking about what a true masculine stance is. I know you have an amazing background in the military, and it would be really great for you for our listeners to just understand your background, and then we'll dive into a few questions on on dialoguing around masculinity. Absolutely, no. Um, it was a long journey, and trust me, I was definitely the alpha bravado, like machismo, like freaking. You know, I was the baddest dude on the block, right? Like that was the mentality sometimes that I had as well. And coming from basically a military background, being in special operations, and then going and protecting the ambassador to Iraq for five years, you started to be around these guys who also had that bravado. And that's all you knew, right? Like you guys were the alpha dogs on the block. And when you came back home and you were in a bar, you knew what you'd seen, you knew what you'd done. And like you just, you, you had that kind of aura or energy about you. Well, I started to realize that when I was living in that life, especially overseas, I started to see a lot of my buddies really struggle with their version of who they went home with. And a lot of that was due to the masculinity identity that they developed overseas, which didn't really transfer well to the normal world of a day-to-day interaction, interacting with your wife and actually having to admit you know, maybe I, I I lost this battle, which guys are not great at doing, or you know, really just connecting with your children and having patience and holding grace for them. I saw a lot of guys really struggle with this, so they would come back and I'd hear about you know the dysfunction within their family or their friends, and then how they just love coming back to work because it's like a vacation from from life back at home, right? And it's like I'm like, man, that is a messed up mentality. <laughs> So I really started to hear that. And then I started to see a lot of guys when I would come home that they were either struggling, thinking that they weren't manly enough because they didn't subscribe to the prescription, or I saw a lot of guys over, um, over-exaggerating their masculinity to really hide their insecurities. And I was like, man, no one's talking about this, but yet everybody's got this messed up view of what masculinity is or where it comes from and how they have to portray this. So I started to make it my mission to really talk about that. And I, I made it my mission uh, because I also struggled with it too. You know, Coming out of the military and coming out of uh, being overseas, I really struggled with it for a while, losing my identity. So it wasn't something that I said needs to be fixed and I was like above everyone else. No, I, I really did too. And to find my way, I had to start doing my own you know, deep dive and education and really challenging myself to find that masculinity and identity within me again. I made this my mission. And now it's started to become more of a conversation. And I get messages from guys that say, you know, thanks for talking about that. That's great because I really struggled with this. I have some guys that really love when we talk about uh, masculinity and how that um, operates within a relationship and and they use it as a common practice, some of the tools that I've given them. So it's been a very, very humbling experience. And the mission itself has been very rewarding just in the the people that I've been able to help so far kind of find themselves again. That's beautiful. Because in in your your own journey, as you were exploring it for yourself, what were some of the things that you found were the most challenging for you to acclimate between the identities that you have to have? The reason why I bring this up is that I believe we all go through stages of stepping into conforming of who we think we need to be in order to survive in a specific environment. You are in the most 
high octane alpha situation with protection in mind and literally your life is on the line. There's a certain identity you have to step into to survive in that mode, as well as the contrast of it of survival and then moving into thriving in something like an intimate relationship with the person that you love, right? Like it's two separate identities that we have to toggle between until we figure out what an aligned identity looks like. So when you are feeling challenged, because I want to be able to um, talk to the person listening that might be challenged in realizing that the identity that they have to stand in to survive could have a different output if they took the time to do X, like looked into X or identified X. So tell me a little bit about that journey for you. So the so I have I have the journey itself, and then I have what I know now from from tools that I've gained. So the journey itself was a, a big struggle. So when I left from working overseas, what typically most guys deal with is you lose a purpose, right? So they lose a sense of purpose. You've been fighting for something that was much bigger than you. At least that's the justification that we make in our own minds, and we're putting ourselves on the line for the greater good, right? Very utilitarian view. But at the end of the day, you come back and you're like, well, I no longer serve that purpose. So what is my purpose now? Who am I? Where's my direction? Like, what's my goal? What's my agenda? Like, I have none of these things. So then you have to figure out, okay, where am I? Once you lose that purpose too, you start losing that masculine identity because now you're like, well, I'm sitting behind a desk typing on a computer screen. How is that being a man? Like I'm not. I used to be out there kicking doors in and slapping people in the face because they're a terrorist, and you just freaking stringing them up, you know, handcuffing them, and then putting them into a, a vehicle and stuff like that. So like, you, it's a you end up having to challenge yourself on a, on this area of saying, well, where's my masculinity now? And then you go. the The worst part is, is once you lose that, and then say, for instance, you go out and meet up with a couple buddies, and they're still doing it. You're like, oh, uh, you're like really envious and jealous mm. almost because you're like. Man, they're real. They're they're still being a dude. Like I'm not a dude anymore. Mm. Shit. So like you really struggle with that. So I struggled with that for a while. I would even have buddies come back and we'd go grab a beer because they'd be circulating through DC and they'd be in different agencies within the government doing really cool stuff still. And I'd be like, man. And they'd be like, dude, why don't you come back in? Why don't you do this? And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that anymore. But then I'm still jealous and envious that I look up mm. to them as like. They're still being a real man. I'm not. So, so the journey was a struggle. And what I, what I did, and one of the key things that I think would help your listeners that, can, that helped me was you have to find out what made you happy. And mm-hmm. I say made, not what makes. So, and I say made as in the sense of not when you were in the military, but before that. When in your early years, in your early formative years, when you were discovering out just the person you were trying to be as a child, as an adolescent, what is it that made you happy? That really helped me. I, I really started to be like, okay, what is it that made me happy? And how do I find that person again? And mine was sports. So I started to get into golf and I started to get back into soccer and I got into bodybuilding, which because I, I love working out. So I started to put myself back in things that made me internally feel just successful every day and it made me feel uh, fulfilled. So mm-hmm. that, that was one tool that really helped me. That's awesome. My, my listeners know that I love leaning into fulfillment, um, especially when you've gone through achievement burnout and not felt you know, that 
that energy at the end of that achievement that you would have hoped filled you up. And there's um, a identity alignment in achievers because you have to be, you know, a, a achiever focused or achievement focused. But fulfillment is actually what really drives us. And I love that tip of thinking about what made you happy, you know, and and kind of connecting back to self versus connecting to a role you played in life. Because yeah. our roles constantly are changing, you know, in everything we do. I I feel like um, being in my mid forties now. You know, used to think about midlife crisis was like a term for a long time, right? Yeah. Like everyone's yeah. like midlife crisis. I feel like I'm in a crisis like every <laughs> single year because the thing is, we expose ourselves that mm-hmm. and to new things, and that starts to shape the identity that we want to align with right now. I see it as evolution, not necessarily crisis. And and but you can feel as though it's a crisis when you can't articulate what is actually going on. And to to go back to an emotional connection that fills you up, I love that as a tip for listeners to walk away with because it immediately then falls into alignment with an action you can do right now that has nothing to do with how you're perceived by others. It has everything to do with how you feel about yourself. And I, I, it's awesome. And, and, if they're, and if you're struggling in that crisis mode, it's because you're in that high alpha or the high beta brainwave. So you're sitting there in your super analytical mind and all you're doing is criticizing yourself. Yeah. And if, you, if you're really stuck in that crisis mode, you're not able to grow. And all you're doing a lot of times is negative self-talk. Yeah. And that's detrimental too. Well, you know, and it's also something that had some, I'm sure, some conditioning because in order to get into the military and to follow, you had to be a little bit broken down to believe that what you're following is what you need to do in order to survive it, right? Like there's there's a different conditioning to show up in an environment like that. But it also still happens in the workplace for a lot of people. They've been conditioned to show up in a way that is proven their performance measure. Right. Like, you know, and, and then if you don't perform this way, you're not going to get that promotion. And it's a, it's a, like you said, it's in the mind waves of what is accepted and what creates doubt and what creates criticism in order for us to step into what's next. And if you're under a leadership, and I would love for you to touch on, you know, what was leading like in an environment that is such under high uh, alert. Um, and having to be on all the time, but you led teams in that in that environment as well, mm-hmm. right? And so, how how did that evolve for you, and how was that challenging in your masculinity and and just who you are as as how you stand today, looking back, right? Yeah. What, what was that journey like? Yeah, that's a, a great question too, because I look at it now in hindsight after you ask it, and I'm like, wow, I have two different perceptions of this. And the the perception of it when you're you're leading in that is you're very judgmental, um, you're angry, you're reactive, and you're very uh, analytical and logical. But the issue with a lot of these things when you try to take that and then transplant it in everyday life here, uh, trying to just create whatever it is outside of the structures of like the military or that high octane style job is all of those become very negative and limiting traits where you can never expose yourself to creativity and growth. I mean, mm. that's just a, a simple fact. 
So when you're in that environment, they serve you well because your life is on the line and all the guys that are around you and that are supporting one another is on the line. So you have to have that level of, you know, you have to have the level of expectation that these guys have to be at a certain point or else I can't bring them out with me. Like, yeah. so you're, you're hard on them. You're incredibly hard on them and you train, train and train some more because you, these guys need to be able to do it literally in their sleep. And that's what you get down to. So there is room to be that hard shell and to be that person who's completely always judging every movement of everybody else. Like, why are you doing that? That's a stupid way of doing it. This is the better way. Like, you're constantly doing that. But then you get out here and you try to do it. And that's a mindset I've been really fighting, like constantly fighting on a regular basis because I'm actually having to rewire that synaptic response within my brain and say, okay, that's no longer what I want. I need the synaptic response to be give that person grace. Don't look at it as right or wrong. Right. So, like, that way I can open myself up to a different experience and a different ending. Um, and that's where the struggle comes in. So you, it serves really well in one capacity. Right. And then in regular life, it doesn't serve you very well. It actually... Well, well yeah. I think it, it's what you're, t- what you're describing and the visuals that I had around it. It's, it's the version of you that has to show up best in the environment you're stepping into. Like you had to show up in a very tactful way because lives were on the line and you didn't have the time. A split second, someone could be gone. Like split second. I mean, it's even faster than that. And fortunately, I have not been able to experience that. But it, but it's something that is so prevalent when lives are on the line, you have to show up in a very tactful way that it doesn't actually necessarily... There isn't even a time to digest the words coming out of your mouth or even, or even think about finessing them who has the time for that? You know, so 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 it's very understandable why showing up in that manner with with a group of other men in the circumstance that understand that that's the way to actually communicate in order to survive. Like it's a system, mm-hmm. and and you maximize that system in order to survive. And thank God you did after all the the, the tours you had, and as well as protecting others in in the realm um, of it as well. And it affects survival rate, right? Like, so makes sense that that was the skill set was demanded. Coming back into a different environment requires different emotional understanding and the ability to shift and say, oh, you know, like I got, I can slow down here. I actually have the time. There is a met- another method that could be effective in this system. It's having the consciousness to know. That what worked in one system not necessarily as effective in this in this other system, and so it requires a different skill set, but also the opening. Because what I heard from you was more of the willingness to shift and realize that this environment requires a different skill set and 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 to be more you, a different version of you. Well, you're gonna you're you're going to get down to a point, especially as a man. You're gonna get and and I think this probably holds true for a lot of entrepreneurs too, yeah. in general. But for men, what's gonna happen to you is once you leave that environment, you're gonna have a lot of negative outcomes to almost every situation. You're gonna continue your negative self talk. You're gonna get really low, and then you're gonna say, "I either need to make a change or I stay the same," and I live in drunkenness. And or pill popping, whatever. Benumbing, benumbing face, yeah. 
whatever, whatever that vice becomes, I either live in that or I get better. That's literally the conversation you're going to get with yourself. So if you're in, if you're a man and you're in this position now and you feel that shit, well, Johnny's right. I, I have had nothing but negative stuff lately happening to me. It, don't blame anybody else. It's you. It's internal. Yeah. To you. It's, the, it's the experience you're creating. And it's, it's not that you're doing this on purpose. It's that you, you are hardwired to these outcomes because of the fact of what you were going through at that season in your life where that served you well, you created a hardwire system in your brain. Well, now you have to figure out how am I going to replace that hardwire system? And it's again, it's either you're going to make a decision to want to replace it or you're going to make a decision to stay low. It's that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. I mean, and I, I mean, even though I'm not a man and not been in military, I can 100% relate to this modality because as a female in a highly masculine environment for a long time working in tech and going after my career and where I had to have this goal of achievement this is this is during my 20s and I was trying to figure out like that climb I literally had to mirror a masculine stance in order to be welcomed into certain rooms because they were highly masculine rooms that would not have understood me otherwise. Mm-hmm. And it, lit- it, it made me have to show up in a way that I was uncomfortable with, but knew it would be effective in that space. Yeah. And I had to do some unlearning when I wanted to actually integrate my femi- feminine and masculine energy as a leader, where I can literally still turn on that mirroring side and, and be effective with those energies that require it. And then turn on the more nurturing, you know, motherly side that I, your maternal side that I have, and, and which has its own effectiveness with others, you know. And it wasn't the side I get to see. Yeah, exactly, Johnny. You know, it's like Mama Kini over here, like <laughs> always welcome with open arms. But a lot of the time, I'll tell you, in my twenties, there was a the people who would see me in my personal life, and then the people who would know me in my business life. Right. And I, they still had the maternal energy, but I would say I was more tactful, direct, and, and very analytical, you know, sure. leading into the masculine energies in order to elevate in that specific system. And then, it, but it, but it's also who I thought I had to be. That was the biggest lesson for me to find the shift and connect with self is like, actually, how do I want to show up? And how do I want to be perceived? And what do I want to be known for? That was that that phase of identity crisis <laughs> that I had that I had to work through, and you know it's scary. It's scary, kind of going through the I don't like this about me. I don't know how to be different. So where do I go to get the help to to be different or even have that dialogue? You know, and the, and I'm curious within your own personal journey, where did you? Go to be able to start dialoguing in a different way or learn this side about you? Was it leaning into books and reading? Was it, you know, just finding um, a couple of your friends that actually started that journey at the same time? Like, how did you even navigate that this was something you wanted to shift for yourself? So, when I realized um, I needed to get back to the things that I loved before I was even in the military, I started to realize I actually loved astrophysics in space. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. So I started to read a lot of books on it. And then I started to watch a lot of uh, the shows, the like documentary style shows that they have 
on space. And it was amazing. I learned a lot, but I was so, I felt so happy and fulfilled that it helped me to kind of climb out of that because I started to reach that fulfillment level mm-hmm. every, every day that I was reading something or, or watching that and playing sports or hitting the gym, whatever it was. The, the combination of all those things started to get me uh, fulfilled. So the conversation that I had with myself was, well, I, I'm tired of, of being like down about who I am now. I know what I've done in my past, but that's no longer me. And I had to come up with the realization, and this, this may be harsh, but you have to kill the old version of you. Mm. And, and metaphorically, that you basically can, whether you meditate or some way of visualizing it, but you kind of have to put to rest the old person. So I used to start telling myself, well, I got to put the ranger down, right? Like that was like the conversation I had. So I was like, okay, that's no longer me. That's not the season in my life right now. And those skills that I developed are, are no longer serving me here. So you put, you, when you have that conversation with yourself regarding, okay, the, I'm no longer in the season of my life that's serving me, right? So like the ranger was no longer serving me. That conversation becomes very real and it becomes taking ownership of number one, where you were as a man, and then number two, where you want to go. Because that's the, that's the next part that I think a lot of men struggle with is because typically we're logical and we're, we kind of reside in the present moment a lot. We don't think in the future uh, as much as women may think about. And so we have to figure out who it is that we want to be following the, the putting down of the old version of us. I think it's a great point, and I love that you use the word version because I, uh, what I like to share or talk through is version control, meaning yeah. um, because I come from a tech background, etc. Just like, and it's very practical for listeners to also understand what you're talking about, which is, you know, our phones, for example, we constantly get a software update like mm-hmm. every few weeks. Our lives are the same. As that, it's a choice on whether or not we choose to upgrade to the next level of the version of ourselves we want to be versus stay in an old 1999 version that only like doesn't even basically hold photos anymore, <laughs> right? <laughs> like it's a that's, flip phone, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, do you want to stay as a flip phone or do you want to actually be a smartphone? Right. Like, so, it, it, but, but sometimes you need that kind of visual, right? Johnny, like, it's, it's, it's exactly what you're talking about, where the Ranger version of you was so highly effective in one environment for a period of your life that made sense in that version of you, in that version of the environment that you chose to be in. And now you're choosing different. And when you choose the different environment, when you choose to, to function in a way that requires you to step into other attributes that you are meant to show this world, it requires that shift, that version control, that ability to step into uh, another version to succeed in that new environment. And I think it's really great that you have these conversations and lead it back to masculinity for men because there's so much anchoring that happens in identity of how we think we should be showing up. And so much, and it comes from our education system, honestly. Like we are compared to others on a nonstop basis on whether or not we are good enough. And it's ingrained in us in a young age that says if you're not performing like X, you are not enough. 
And so our identity starts to form as if performance is measured by what someone else's box for us to fit in needs to be. And then we do our best to survive in that box. What's beautiful about being an adult (laughs) is that we get to choose the size of the box we want to live in, the design of that box, make sure it could be a lidless box, whatever that looks like. And the version of us that chooses to live in that box is ours to control. And I love that this is part of the dialogue you're having with yourself because I know that and with all the the men you bring into your podcast and and um, really with women too, because I think we all need to think about it a little differently. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like when you're when you're thinking about this stuff, it, so if I'm sitting there and I'm somebody listening to this podcast, if I think, well, this is all very high conceptual, like I got to do all this work to even get to that point. You're right. It does take a lot of work. It takes something every day. If you're terrified of that, I can tell you where the first part you need to work on is, right? Like, If you're yeah. terrified of that, it's because you're being lazy. You need to work. But at the end of the day, if this seems conceptual for you, let's give you something that's actually tangible and small because you need a small win. And finding those tools for something small... For instance, I, I do what's called the door handle uh, check. right? So I will walk up and before I enter in a door, especially before I come home, before I grab that handle, I determine how I want to show up as a man on the other side of that door. So if, number one, it brings me to the present moment at what I'm doing and the situation I'm encountering. And number two, it helps me to embody the emotions I want to bring and the energy I want to bring to that next step of my day. Um, and that is one small tangible thing that you will start to put into practice. And if you do, it'll become habitual for you to always do that. And you'll see the response. And if you go in negative, you're going to see the response. If you go in positive, you're going to see the response. If you go in with a ton of joy and happiness, you're going to see the response. Like It is a very, very much uh, immediate, immediate response to how you show up behind that door. I love it. What are some of the questions people can ask themselves to determine how they want to show up? Well, so for for one thing, like if you have kids, how do I want to show up for my kids when I get on the other side of the door? Do I want to be loving and caring? Do I want to be despondent and just say, hey, I've had a long day. I don't really want to hang out with you right now. How do you want to show up? Do you want to show up as just focused on yourself? Do you want to focus on your wife? Do you want to you know, enjoy the moments with your kids and ha- have a smile on your face. Like bringing it to the way that you want to respond to that to that situation is key in in making that determination and and then bringing that forward because now you've already said you're going to do it. Your body is in effect going to respond to what your brain has just said, and now you've pre-wired yourself to say that's how I'm showing up. Do you think that? Um, do you have any habits, or do you think that? Spending time on what, and I'll use the word ideal, it's not my favorite word, but let's just say it's like the ideal day, the ideal energy, the ideal relationship, right? Like the visualization of what ideal is, or I'll, maybe I'll change the word to ultimate because ultimate feels like that has, I don't know, has a stronger energy to me. Ideal feels like, again, it's comparison falls in there. I don't know why, but real time, that's what's going on in my brain, everybody. But the the, the piece of it of like spending the time to actually start visualizing, like did you, 
Did you go through any learnings on meditations or feel like when you start to put yourself in that state of being, it actually was easier to show up in it every day? What are those practices like? Yeah. So so again, for me, that's changed dramatically uh, in the last probably month. But to the guy that's struggling right now to even conceptualize all of this, the visualization becomes incredibly hard because uh, Mm -hmm. even when I was that guy... You're talking about a guy who hasn't thought about where he wants to be in the next six months, let alone what he wants to show up as in ten years, right? Like, okay. or his his end state of healthy of of a healthy version of himself, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that visualization, while I love it, becomes conceptually very hard for that that beginner. For the people that have already started the work, the visualization is imperative because if you can embody the feelings, and I and I. Really, really want to harp on this because everybody says visualization. It is not just visualization. You have to feel the feelings of what it is going to be like when you are the person you want to be doing the things you want to be doing. You have to see it and feel it. If you don't feel it and you just see it, it's not going to come true. It's not going to be the experience that you want it to be. It's going to be something very different. So you have to find those feelings and acknowledge them and really absorb that. That's something new that I've put into my toolbox that I've recently started to do. So don't, I'm not trying to act like I've been doing this for a long time. But visualization is amazing. And it's imperative once you've done the work and established the fact that you want to change to something different. It's imperative that you add that into your routine, into your daily routine. And through meditation is a beautiful thing for this. Um, if you don't believe in, in meditation or you struggle thinking that you're going to suck at it, I highly, highly recommend reading something like from Dr. Wayne Dyer or Dr. Joe Dispenza, people who really, really manufactured their own life to their own vision through meditation and the success that they've created. They were never handed anything. So it's a beautiful... Meditation's a beautiful thing. But conceptually, again, as a beginner... It's hard to do that. So trying to figure out how you can even get 10 minutes to close your eyes and simply get rid of the monkey brain and focus on just one thing is, is very yeah. integral into changing. Yeah. I think what's also good is the exercise you gave earlier about thinking about what brought you fulfillment is its own form of meditation, mm-hmm. honestly, because you're, you're sitting and putting yourself into a being of happiness or, or um, joy or whatever fulfillment means to you, however you define it. And you're actually bringing yourself into that space and time to say, oh yeah, like I love it when I just sit and I doodle and I draw and I paint. And then, you know, um, because I'm playing music and it makes me feel really good. And, and you're starting to actually create that energy back into your body is a form of meditation. Yeah. The art- the articulation of it then it starts to enhance your communication about it, and I think it's uh, it's great to think about the the people who are still struggle with this or or are sitting in a space because any of our listeners could literally be sitting in a space right now of discomfort, mm-hmm. uh, especially when it comes to that identity piece that we're, we've been talking about and the masculine stance of feeling as though you have to judge yourself to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And what I feel like you're sharing, which is part of the feminine energy, which is how can you be expansive and and willing to let more in? 
Mm. You know, the, the feminine energy then brings this expansive, like always think of, you know, I want to give you guys this visual of like, just like literally spread your arms out as wide as they can go and realize that whatever you choose to think about and focus on can show up for you. That's an expansive feeling. Yeah. And a lot of the times in our in our controlled stance, we are we are curved, like our body is curved in. We're we're like feeling very like fisted and wanting to attack or or hide or protect, right? Like that's a protective feeling when you when you enclose your body in. Take a moment if you're if you're still uncomfortable and not sure how to navigate this, just stand in your own personal space. You can literally do it in the bathroom before you go into the shower or even while you're in the shower and just expand your arms all the way out as far as they can go. And then ask yourself how you can feel this way all the time. Mm, That's good. Because when you stand in that energy, right? And it's a very simple, practical thing. Your mind then is... you're, You're asking your mind something you haven't asked in a very long time probably. But you're also giving yourself a moment to just receive. Yeah. A, a lot of the times we are closed-fisted in the what we think we know. And if we just even open up our hands to say, hey, I'm, I'm willing to receive, is a shift in energy of allowing more of an integrative masculine feminine, feminine flow to show up for you. Mm, yeah. So as you, as you feel that, right? Do you, yeah. do you like you feel the expansiveness when you just do something physical? The other part is we get so stuck in our head, oh, and yeah. we for, and we forget to move. And I love that when you were thinking about the moments that brought you fulfillment, it was in sports, it was in moving your body, it was bodybuilding. Like you, you listed off things that were physical. But I also know you because we've known each other for a while. You also read and you put your mind into something that yeah. got you creative too, and you love fiction stories and figuring out like how things will end and what's going to happen next and you and you started to put your mind into a creative space yep. that our analytical mind loves to be challenged by if we give it the time and space to do that so one of the big pieces to that that we haven't hit on yet um, but you probably you probably have before is obviously the ego right <laughs> like and and while male and and female both have the ego, I feel like the male ego becomes incredibly strong in the sense that masculinity in today's culture tells you that your ego is dominant because it's going to protect you from embarrassment. It's going to protect you from failing. It's going to protect you from uh, looking less than. Right? Like it, it, we have been told as men, as part of the masculine structure in society through social media. And through, and I say social media, and everybody wants to hit on it, but truly think about it, even to the early days of the way that the GI Joe was designed, right? To the commercials for the military, to the commercials of even household goods in the 50s and 60s of, of the man having the suit and coming home. Like there was a conditioned response for masculinity that was based off of social expectations in the United States or wherever you're listening to this from, because it, it truly is, it's been built in every other country as well, but their own version. Anyways, um, but with that, when you, when you look at it, the ego was conditioned within you to make you follow that prescription of society. So as soon as you open up your arms, you're like, oh, I'm so exposed. Nope, nope. Like the ego in me tells me, nope, close back up, close back up. You cannot be vulnerable, dude. You cannot be vulnerable. You can't be open. So 
the men have a hard time struggling with this because, uh, or struggle with this significantly because the creativity is completely shut down when you're closed down, like you, you just talked about. And I think it's imperative to say, guys, like that ego, if you're not challenging that ego on a regular basis, that internal conversation that you're having, you're never going to win the fight of wanting to do something different and be somebody different because that ego is always going to hold you back from your own development. And I, I, there's a place for this in survival, which, you know, going back to the earlier part of this conversation, if you look at um, uh, Richard Dawkins, he's, a, he's an amazing geneticist. Uh, some people know him obviously as, as an atheist, but from a science standpoint, he's a, a brilliant geneticist. He wrote a book called The Selfish Gene. And when you look at the ego, the ego is directly tied to your selfish gene. Your selfish genes, you wouldn't be here without them. You, you literally would not be in existence. So your ego is sat there and it's protected you. Once you got to the point of thinking for yourself, it's protected you to remain constant and then to keep your genetic code within society, right? How do I stop from getting my head bashed in? Well, if I'm friendly with everybody, I don't get my head bashed in, right? Like you, st- But that may not be in alignment with who you are as a human. So you're like, well, shit, my genes are telling me this. My ego is telling me this. But I really kind of wanted to voice my opinion that that guy was kind of out of line, right? Like you're very, very much in conflict uh, with your alignment. Well, as you know, when you're in conflict with alignment, you can't be creative. You can't be who you really want to embody in the future. And therefore, you're going to stay exactly where you are now. Yeah, and you're, ma- you're masking the truth of what you truly yeah. need and desire, right? Feeding the ego in certain environments for short periods of time can be effective. Sure. But it's the on-off switch you got to figure out. when, and If you want to have that aligned life, and feel like you're standing in a space that is true to you. Because everybody wants love, connection, to feel certainty, to, to have a bit of variety in their lives. Like, like the human needs are standard for all of us. Yeah. It's the systems that we actually have to step into, the society in order to survive, the, the method at which whatever accomplishment, achievement... You know, just like I said before, the box that you choose to go play in, it's still up to you to determine how you want to let that ego lead you or and serve you or allow yourself to feel your heart again and decide how to how you want to show up and and you have to question it like if you're not questioning it you're just going to constantly go with your default programming your default hardwiring and that's always going to be the outcomes that you drive if you're not questioning, like for instance, if you walk into a store and you see somebody dressed a certain way and you automatically go to judgment, right? And your judgment becomes your ego protecting you either for because you think the guy looks more manly than you, he's more attractive, he's threatening to you because of his, his energy or posture. Like there's certain things your ego is protecting you from. If you can catch that in a split second, be like, well, why did I just judge that dude? I know nothing about him. He could be the nicest guy in the world. Like, if you if you can catch that, that's the start of that small win and that development of saying, "Oh, now I can start to fix that ego issue of uh, defaulting to all these certain things and say, now I can actually change that mentality." I love that. That's a, such a, a great identifier to figure out what you choose to work on. 
right? Like, or what you choose to, to acknowledge about yourself. And sometimes it serves you and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes yeah. it fills you up and in other new arenas, it's, it might even feel like the lowest of lows. But the, the willingness to be aware of it is the start. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I love we, that. That's where us men, I think that's where we struggle a lot because to be aware of it means you have to admit that you might be wrong. <laughs> and yeah. men do not like to admit they're wrong, right? Yeah. Like that's something that we generally struggle with. And I think inherently more than women, um, I think women almost probably beat up on themselves more for thinking that they're wrong. And men don't want to accept when they're wrong. Mm. So you have like polarity there. And if you have to admit that you're wrong, you've now shaken your ego, you've shaken your identity. And now you have to figure out, well, shit, if I'm admitting that I have a little bit of a problem here, how do I fix this? Now you got to figure out how you're going to fix it. Yeah. And I would challenge the word fixing, um, Johnny, also, because it's like, nothing's really broken. It's what you know right now. It's a matter... Because that's the other conundrum people get caught up in, right? That leads to more judgment. Is that something I have to fix? And I I would encourage you... If you're feeling this as you're listening, like that you get into this conundrum, it's what can I learn from it? What do I decide to take with me from this learning? And what do I have to freaking let go of? Yep. Because in that, in that letting go, which is that to me is the hardest uh, lesson to learn. It's the letting go of what's no longer serving you to step into the version of yourself you truly want to be and just lean into the learning. Like that was the language I had to tell myself because I, I mean, you know me now, but like literally the, the self deprecation, the doubt, the criticism, the judgment, all the things that, that could weigh any human down, I lived. For a very long time, and I, I self harm. There, you know, it, it showed up in so many ways. The relationships I attracted, the jobs I said yes to. I mean, everything was all based on the pain, and not so much in the awareness of a my self worth and what what I want to step into and the version of myself that I'd be proud to um, engage with on a daily basis. But I had to lean into learning. Because that's what we're here for. That's evolution. It's the learning part of it, you know. So I love the the tips and the methods you've given our listeners who could be in the moment of crisis um, in their identity and trying to figure out what next. And I think it's super valuable to continue these conversations. And I know you do a lot of this through your podcast. So tell everybody about your podcast and how to connect with you and continue. In this conversation, and you're, you have a new community, a new group they could join as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So I appreciate you and loved having this conversation with you. Um, if you guys are looking to further the conversation with me or listen to some of the tools that I've brought up on my podcast or some of the, the listener or some of the guests I've had on there, um, it's the Art of Masculinity podcast. And essentially, we get on there and talk about a lot of the things that men have gone through. I have old special operations buddies come on. Um, I have self-development people. We've had pro athletes on there. So people who can talk about some of these other high-octane alpha male-driven areas of life, how they struggled, how other men struggled, how they got past it, uh, the tools and techniques they've used to thrive and create just these awesome lives where they're now connected with their families, their friends, themselves, and they've created thriving uh, businesses too. So 
it's a great uh, great opportunity to listen to that. So the Art of Masculinity podcast, or you guys can find me on IG, which is Johnny.lsasser. And then over on Facebook, I have the Art of Masculinity Facebook page. And then as Kareen said, I have the Masculinity Corner. If you're interested in talking to a group of like-minded men um, who are all trying to do more for themselves, come uh, request to be part of it. I'll let you in and we can keep talking about this. And uh, feel free to address any issues you might be going with. There's plenty of men in there that can help you with that. And maybe they've had a similar issue that they've struggled with. Yeah, I love that you're creating the space for the dialogue because I feel like that's literally the only way you can move through something is to be able to talk about it in a space that actually will help you move forward and move through it um, as opposed to the judgment going on in your mind that literally you're talking to yourself and only you have the answers for might be stopping you from figuring out the solution on the other end. It takes a tribe. And I love that you're building that tribe out um, for men to join and and continue in this dialogue. And obviously, listeners, if I can serve you in any way, it's a topic I love to discuss, but you can always reach out to me. But Johnny and I really value these type of conversations because we know the difference it's made in our lives and, and how we connect with others. So don't be afraid to bring it up and get yourself into the arena where you can dialogue on it in a really easy way. So I want to thank you, Johnny, for joining me today. And I, I end you. I end my podcast with one final question from you, yeah. which is what do you or how do you describe what a badass is? Oh, oh my God, that's a tough one. So I honestly describe a badass as someone who completely honors themselves and honors their authenticity and honors their goals in life and their mission. I think that that to me is a true badass because that person has fought through all the social expectations. That person has fought through other people looking down on them for putting themselves first. That person has fought through a lot of other struggles and they've shown up to create a difference in other people's lives while being authentic with their own mission. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing a part of you with us today. And listeners, as you benefit from this conversation or walk away with any ha-ha moments, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you and and um, continue in this dialogue. Yeah. Thank you, Kareen. I appreciate you. Wasn't that such a great episode? I know you got amazing takeaways from that. What I would love for you to do for me, if you can help me extend my reach, is go ahead and subscribe to the show so you get the latest notification and listen before anyone else. Also, if you could go ahead and post your review, your five-star review will help me get other people interested in this conversation and extend my reach of impact. Most of all, I would love for you to share this with your community. It means so much to me to have you as a listener and I would love to connect with you. So if you have any questions you would like me to answer on this show, go ahead and email hello at kareenwalsh.com and my team will make sure that I get your questions so we can get them answered on the show for you. Thank you so much for listening today and I'll see you on the next episode. 